Welcome to the Confessions of a Group X Instructor Podcast. For group exercise junkies and enthusiastic classgoers, we'll explore and uncover authentic, thought-provoking, and heartwarming industry education and inspiration from entertaining, badass fitness pros. And now your host, creator of Warrior Rhythm, Warrior Strength, Warrior Combat, Warrior Revolution, and Warrior Kids Group Fitness Brands, Ellen DeWord. Here we grow. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you so much for hopping on. I'm so grateful for your time and your, I mean, what's more valuable than our time? And you're giving me a chunk of yours. So thank you. I don't take it for granted. I really don't. I don't, I don't take it for granted. So today I'm going to talk to you about how to create a fitness brand, not a personal brand. We'll talk about that on another day. I'm talking about a fitness format, a branded format, how to create your own program or programming. And if you are not interested in creating your own brand or format, I think you're going to love this episode because it's really interesting and fascinating the way I did it, the way I pieced it together, really not knowing how to piece it together when I started. And so I'm going to share with you how I created the Warrior Instructor Academy, uh, that very famous saying from Seneca, a Roman philosopher, that luck is where preparation meets opportunity. I love that. It's a pretty well-known saying. Maybe you've heard it before, but I feel like that is my story. That is this story. I actually say to people all the time, people people congratulate me on my success all the time, and which is so sweet. And I'm always like, oh, I got lucky. I'm so lucky. And I always say, I'm so blessed. I am blessed beyond what I deserve. <laughs> I say that like all the time, but deep down in my heart, I do know that I was ready and that I was prepared and that I acted and I made big and smart and bold decisions and that I was ready for the luck or the opportunity to come my way. And so I think this episode will be inspiring to you and interesting to you, and I'm ready to dive in. I started with Warrior Rhythm. I'm not going to go deep here into, I'm not going to talk, I'm not really going to talk to you much about each of my formats. I'm not here today to sell you on my formats. <laughs> um, it, that's not what this podcast is about. In fact, this podcast is to share the love uh, as you know if you've been listening that I have uh, hosted other uh, leaders that have their own programs and encouraged the promotion of those. And I'm excited about many more of those episodes that are in the pipeline for you. So you're going to hear lots of program pitches. I kind of assume that if you're listening to my podcast, you probably already know about my fitness brands. So I'm not going to go deep into each of those programs. However, I started with Warrior Rhythm. That's our yoga inspired format. Then I created Warrior Strength. That's our functional training, lift, hit format. Then we added Diva Richards and myself together. We collaborated and launched Warrior Combat. That's our kickboxing format. And just this last month, the beginning, the top of 2024, we launched our fourth accredited certification course, 
Warrior Revolution, which is our cycling format. We do have a kids program. I didn't mention it in that list simply because it is not a certification, but it is one of our unique and amazing programs. So maybe I should say I have four and a half formats. <laughs> maybe I should say five, but we have four instructor certifications. And I didn't know that I was going to be creating them. The I was working for another company. Most of you know the story, so I'm just not even going to go into it other than I was working for another fitness brand and that company closed its operations. And so I started creating my own programming and apparently there was a market for it. And it dawned on me very quickly that I had a business opportunity. And so I seized that opportunity with basically all the tools I had in my toolbox for being in this industry for well over two decades now. So let's dive in. First, it's, this is not for everybody. This is an awesome responsibility to create fitness programming. And, and I say it's not for everybody. Uh, similar, like it's not, not everyone should own their own fitness studio. And we're actually going to be talking about that soon. I'm going to have a, an amazing guest on to talk to you about, you know, should you own your own studio? Are you interested in owning your own studio? Maybe why shouldn't you own your own studio? Like who's that opportunity for and who is it not for? So similarly, not everyone should create a fitness brand. And it's an awesome responsibility because you have to know that you can create safe effective, interesting, original programming? That's a question you need to know. I knew that I could create safe, effective programming. That's step one. The reason I knew is because I am a student and I have like, I love fitness education and my brain retains fitness education like nothing else. I don't know why God made me that way, but he did. So, you know, I studied art history in school and I, I just could not retain it. It just didn't stick. I was super interested and am super interested in history now at this stage in my life uh I grew up in the church and like really wanted to wrap my mind around like the bible and understand like biblical history and church history and there's certain things that my brain just doesn't want to hang on to it's just in one ear and it's out the other and I'm like please don't go please remember but something about Something about fitness and the way the body works and the way our muscles work and the way our heart works and the way all of it works, something about anatomy, kinesiology, physiology, all of that, it just sticks. And I love it. And I love reading and I love learning. And I'm, I'm an education junkie. I've taken certifications and taught formats over the course of 24 years from Les Mills to Mosa. I taught step aerobics. And if you can teach step aerobics, you can do anything in the world. <laughs> you can probably do brain surgery if you can teach step aerobics. 
I have taught Reebok formats. I have taught various cycling formats and taken various cycling certifications. I've taken kettlebell certifications. I've taken TRX certifications. I've taken pound certifications. I've taken, you name it. I have taken the certification. I've taken dance certifications. I've taken silver sneaker certifications. I've taken it all. I Because I've been in the role of fitness director, because I love education, because I always want to learn and grow, and I believe it fundamentally I can learn from everyone, and I am so interested in the other educators out there in this industry that I was always hosting education. And I love to be the student. I love to be the teacher. I love to be the educator. And I love to be the student. So I knew that I had a knowledge base that qualified me to write programming. So I guess I want to say that is step one, that level of confidence. P.S. My last certification was just two weeks ago at training and it was aerial yoga play. Amazing. I'd like to have the creator of that uh, format on the podcast at some point. So, all right. So I would say that I'm a really interesting blend of artsy and creative and super administrative and sciencey. Like there's a weird kind of right and left brain combination that I think is a little bit unique that I have. I'm not saying you have to have that combination, but if you don't, you might need to be outsourcing and hiring out or contracting certain parts of this process. And oh, in fact, I just have to bounce over to how I feel exactly about my skill set coming in to this decision. I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. <laughs> skills I've acquired over a very long career. <laughs> That's how I feel. I feel like I was lucky, but I was ready. I feel like I had a unique set of skills at the right time and the right season and the right place in my life. So first you need a market. And that's what I discovered right away, that I had a market. I had people interested in what I was going to provide, in what I had. I had a market. I had a market because there was a, the because of the company that closed their doors, that meant their instructors, if their instructors were the kind of instructors that care about having fresh content, being relevant in our industry, innovating and being fresh and exciting. If if an instructor was like that, they weren't going to keep teaching that that program that was uh, Pio in this case because it, it even though it was amazing, like it, when it closed, like it can't it can't evolve. It, you can't be relevant. You 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 if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're still teaching Pio, stop. It stop. Find something, something that can grow. Find something that can evolve. Find something that is that is relevant. I I knew that I wasn't. I didn't. As much as I loved it, I didn't want to be the kind of instructor that was going to stagnate ever. So if you're teaching a brand that no longer exists and no longer provides a community no longer provides continuing education, that no longer provides new music, that no longer provides new moves, that isn't growing and evolving, 
then it's then please like take this take this as your takeaway today it's time to teach a different format so that you don't stagnate in our industry is tempting is the easy way but there's a better way there's a better way so you need to have a market and i had a market i had people interested in what uh, i had and needed that there was a need there you need to name your program well the name of the format should be intuitive as to what it might be offering so i just want to give you like a little second here to kind of think about some fitness brands that pop into your brain and are they intuitive like do they make you think about like i'll just say pio is a brilliant name you can intuit from the name of that format that it is like two words smashed together and that those two words are probably Pilates and yoga and that you're probably going to get a fusion experience. Fusion means just means like multiple modalities that you're going to get a fusion and it, it, it tells you what those things might be. It's not just a fusion. It's a fusion of Pilates and yoga. That's a really well-named there. You, you, a, a, a program is poorly named and, and a name matters so much in terms of branding and marketing and everything and identity and everything and creating community and culture and all the things. The name is so important. And if you hear the name of a format and it doesn't suggest what that format specifically is, then it's not well named. I'll just let you kind of muddle, think through some, some names like Body Pump is really well named. Like, okay, pump, pump, like muscle pump. Probably a total body muscle pump kind of a workout. Yep, it is. And pound, that's a pretty great name for a cardio drumming format. So high, high fitness, like from the high low days, high. That's pretty intuitive. It kind of suggests what you're going to be getting. And so that was really important to me with my programming that the names were intuitive. So we have warrior rhythm warrior is like the base of like our foundation of yoga. Also part of our community and culture is this badassery feeling of being this mighty overcoming resilient human being a warrior. People want to identify with that. And the word rhythm implies that we are going to be moving to music. It's a yoga foundational pose, but we're going to be moving to music. And uh, warrior combat suggests, you know, fighting. Warrior strength suggests we're going to be using our muscles. Warrior revolution. The revolution is the RPM of the flywheel, the revolution of the wheel. So name, the name is important. You want something that rolls off the tongue well, that sounds great, that, that represents what you want, has a certain feel, kind of like naming a child. So it might help you to write your format description first, kind of like some parents like don't know what they're going to name their kid until they get to know their baby a little bit. Till they've till the baby's been born a few days and or a week and then they make a decision like this is definitely an uh, Olivia or whatever. So you might want to uh, write your format description first before coming up with the name, but make sure the name is unique. Make sure the name suggests at least obliquely what they're going to be getting if they take that 
exercise class from you. And then you want to make sure that you can get the domain name and your trademark for that brand. You want to make sure it's available on Instagram and Facebook and all the places you need to have that name. And you can, you know, get your domain on GoDaddy or whatever. And I would just, even prior to the launch, lock in those handles, like on Instagram and Facebook. Like I had that warrior revolution for like two years before I launched the format because I didn't want someone else to grab it, you know? So when it came time to me, uh, getting the trademarks for my formats, I did this, this piece, which I don't recommend. I don't recommend not using an attorney, but I did this piece without my own attorney. And I used the, like, you know, the government appointed attorney. And I went through a third party uh, called trademark engine and i'm not i don't get anything for recommending them to you it was just a pretty user-friendly site of course it's third party so they're taking their own fees but they help you they have like a free trademark search and they will tell you if you're likely to be successful in applying for that trademark and i remember that this was not easy for me with the first few names that I had selected for my, when I was trying to come up with the program. And by the way, I'm, a, I'm so in love with Warrior Rhythm, which is what I landed on. I'm so, so, so thankful that, that, that the, the dead ends that I was butting up against led me to that name. I'm so happy, but not everything is available. And, and, not everything are you likely to succeed if you apply for a trademark, if it's really similar to another, uh, you know, company, another trademark name, you are likely going to get denied. So I liked that Trademark Engine helped me with that process and uh, was highly successful with using them and getting my trademarks all in order. Trademarks take a while. To get the process is actually slower now than it was when I started. So when I first started, I think it took maybe a year. And now that trademark and patent office, the USTPO, you can also go to USTPO.gov, the government site. Watch out because you'll get spammed like crazy from trademark attorneys. But if you go to the government site, you can also do some searches and you can look to see if, because there's a lot of people operating with not doing it correctly. So you can search on there and see if what you're trying to use as your name is available or if someone else is using it. And then you can see who's using it and how they're using it and all that stuff. So do your due diligence there to protect yourself. This allows you to protect that name so that no one else can use it. And if they do, you can, you know, um, send a cease and desist letter or something like that. So let's see, you should, again, write a description for your format. Think about a description that would go on a group exercise schedule. If you're like me, this will probably evolve in time. I think I've iterated on our class descriptions three or four times each, just kind of 
fine-tuning and improving them as our brands grow, as we grow, as we get to know who we are more and kind of settle into our pocket a little deeper as, as, as fitness brands, I will sometimes go back and make our format description just a tiny bit better. And so that's an important piece. And then also creating a logo uh, for your for your brand too. You can also make sure you trademark those logos too. Writing a mission and vision and what your core values are was an important early beginning step that I took that really helped. Like we have the best community in the world. I'm super, super proud of the community of instructors that we have with our warrior our, our warrior group and that can be like a self-fulfilling prophecy you can write on paper like write your core values write your mission write your vision write your dream and those people will come you write it down and you will attract them so i i love I loved writing our core values and like, I really thought about what matters to me, like people that don't gossip, people that are positive, they choose to be positive, whether they're posting on social media, whether they're waking up in the morning, whether they just received bad news in their life, like positive human beings, these types of things matter to me. So I wrote them down as part of our core values. And then I attract people like that. It, you you can manifest. You can literally create your culture. And it starts with your mission and your vision and who you want to be with your brand and with your company. You can be inspired by other fitness formats without copying them. You can be inspired without imitating them. I've already talked about Pio in on this show already. And so I was I was inspired. Pio did some things that were really cool. And they were kind of the first sort of yoga flavored company to dare to be ballsy enough to throw it into the fitness space as opposed to the mind-body space. That was inspiring to me. It was inspiring. And I wanted to push that further. When I started teaching Paya, we were allowed to do other things with the brand. We just were allowed to. It was literally allowed. I promise. I'm a rule follower, like church girl. I'm a rule follower. So I promise when I started with Paya, it didn't have like trademarking branded rules. We were like literally allowed to use our own music. We were literally allowed to incorporate our own moves. This was many, many years ago. And I was teaching it at this studio in town uh, twice a week on a lunch hour. And it was, it was Pio and we were allowed to do, and I would, I was doing HIIT training in it, HIIT training, not just like a little cardio, little dab of cardio, but like HIIT training, like let's get anaerobic gasping for breath and it takes your breath away, that kind of training. I was incorporating HIIT training. I was incorporating kettlebells and dumbbells. 
even though they weren't part of the format at all. I was doing it. I was doing it. Kettlebell swings and burpees. And, and I was incorporating more um, mindfulness. I was in a yoga studio. It was called Life Force Fitness. So that was like, it was, it was like a yoga community. So I was incorporating a little bit more of like a Zen energy in places. And I was incorporating more yoga. I remember, you know, that beautiful bird of paradise series in yoga. I remember incorporating that into one of my bio lessons. And I remember that the music I was using was the same style of music I was using in my cycling classes, like big, bassy, heavy driving beat music and also really beautiful music too. But I was doing my own playlist. So it wasn't recognizably Pio. We were allowed to at the time. Then over the years, that brand developed brand guidelines, of course, naturally, so that it was the Starbucks phenomenon that we talk about. So that people could, you know, so that the brand could grow, so that it could be recognized, so that it could be uniform. So that if someone took a Pio class from you in New York and took one from me in Oregon, that it was the same kind of feel, same experience, which would not have been happening when I when I was doing the the, the class at Life Force. I tell you that story today because I always had this like itch to do things a little bit differently. So when that company closed, I found Pio to be incredibly inspiring to me. But I wanted to do some things differently. I wanted to do the kind of hit training that left you gasping for breath. I didn't want top 40 music because I'm not a top 40 kind of a girl. I'm like, I want to be different, stand out kind of a girl. I like want to take the path less traveled kind of girl. I want to swim upstream kind of girl. I want to be different kind of girl. I want to stand out. I want to be original. And so top 40 music, albeit popular, doesn't appeal to me. So like the idea of playing a remix cover of It's Raining Men in a class where I have mostly men <laughs> was not the right music for me. So one of the things like, yes, I was inspired by this ballsy format that decided to do some yoga stuff in a fitness space. I want to do so many things different. I wanted a different, I wanted hit training, hit, like I might throw up kind of hit. I wanted music that was way wilder, way grittier. And when I say wilder, I mean like a full roller coaster ride. We use the roller coaster emoji with warrior rhythm, like to show this, this evocative experience we go on musically. Some of our songs are soulful and lyrical and like ballads. And some of them are like metal and some of them are hardcore and big techno like EDM beats and so it's all over the place some hip-hop like variety and so I wanted to do that and I wanted to be more zen we were born in the pandemic so people were really just had this monstrous appetite for mindfulness myself included the whole world did as I was creating warrior rhythm and so we 
here I was not going to talk about the program very much and I'm doing it, but I'll get right back on the track. But, but, but basically I'm talking about the difference between inspiration and imitation. So I um, wanted to add the component of mindfulness. I wanted to add dumbbells, kettlebells and loops. Now you only need dumbbells to do warrior rhythm. And we actually have a version of the format that doesn't use weights at all, but I wanted to add weightlifting, like straight up weightlifting into this kind of fusion style workout. And one, another distinction is that I didn't want it to be a fitness format the way like Kaya was like a fitness format. And I didn't want it to be a yoga format. I wanted to create my own lane and blaze my own trail and create for the first time in our industry, a brand that was in an in-between space. SCW, when I go on their conference tour, they have circuit, they have different tracks. They have the functional training and the group fitnessy tracks and then they have the mind body track and then they have the active aging track and then they have the water track and then they have the business track and they're like where do we put warrior rhythm and i'm like eh. <laughs> like you don't have a room you don't have a track for us we are somewhere in between we are in between classic group fitness and traditional yoga we're in this like no man's land and so there are more yoga poses there is a deeper yoga education than a traditional fitness class but not as much as like a 200 hour yoga teacher training certification so it's kind of this in between where we are bringing in more yoga posing more yoga sequences you know arm balances and the like and so we're just kind of this crossover. And I really just wanted again to be original. I let myself be inspired, but then I became obsessive about making it original and unique and different. And so that's another important point. If you're creating your own fitness brand, it's okay to be inspired by what some other awesome company or companies are doing, but you have to find a way to dramatically make it unique and original and different. Nobody wants a knockoff and nobody wants to be copied. Another thing that I wanted to change or do differently, just probably because of the, my age and like my just, I don't know, kind of like I've always had a high maintenance <laughs> injury prone body. I wanted warrior rhythm to feel like it had a don't mistake this for me saying easier. It's not easier. I dare say it's harder than Paya was, but I definitely wanted a much slower bell curve to get our bodies prepped and ready for the rigors of what we were going to do. So there's a slower warm up and a, a slower, more methodical warm up for the deep intrinsic muscles of the core and of your spine. So those are some of the distinctions. And that was the program I started with. And so I wanted to make that point about uh, originality. So you need to be clear, speaking of like making sure you have a market and making sure you're different and you're not a knockoff. You need to know what problems you and your program, your program to be specific, 
what problems they're solving. I'm going to give you the examples of what Warrior Rhythm, when I introduced it, problems it was solving. A lot of people don't like yoga. I said it. They think it's boring. They don't have the temperament for it. They don't hold still well. Yogis hold still well. Yogis have the temperament for it. But a lot of people struggle. So many. There are so many people in this niche that I found. This is my niche. This is my group. This is my team. It's people that wish they liked yoga. They're attracted to yoga. They want to love it. They want to love yoga, but they don't if they're honest with themselves. That is the problem that I solve with my format. I have something for them. It's faster paced. The music is edgy. It's going to tickle their ears. The sequences is going to keep their mind engaged. So it's not really going to be that meditative. Yes, we do some mindfulness. Yes, we have a theme. Yes, we do an honest, heartfelt check-in with ourselves. But the mind is very active. We solve that problem. You don't like yoga? You wish you did? We have what you need. You don't want to memorize a bunch of choreography. You don't want to get paid $25 a class or whatever, but you had to spend like four hours reviewing it before you got to the gym and then another hour and a half while you're at the gym. And then you're like, wait, I just think I made $3 an hour. We solve that problem with our programming because to varying degrees, depending on the program, the it takes so little time. Warrior strength is like cake. No memorization at home because your timer tells you what to do and what's coming next. So there's no memorization. And then warrior combat has a little itty ditty tiny, tiny, tiny bit of memorization in the back half hour. And warrior revolution, no memorization needed. Warrior rhythm, little bit of memorization needed, but we built in these patterns that once you know, you know, you know, you know, and these sequencing once you know, so it's just plug and play. So the instructor that's like, doesn't want to memorize stuff at home for hours and hours, doesn't have to, we solve that problem. Your club that's paying licensing fees, we solve that problem, no licensing fees. We saw that big problem, especially coming out of the pandemic, where clubs were trying desperately, if they didn't shut their doors, to return to fiscal health. A lot of programs, sorry Les Mills, to say this on my podcast out loud, but a lot of clubs were looking for ways they could supplement or replace or see if they could peel that Band-Aid off with some other programs. And incidentally, if you're a Les Mills club listening, our programs harmonize beautifully with Les Mills programs, and they can also replace some of them. They're very dimmer, to use that word I like to use all the time. They're, they have some key distinctions. Warrior strength and body pump are very, very, very different, but they are both strength training formats. So 
they can harmonize or they can replace, but we solve a problem for clubs that are looking to get rid of licensing fees. And sometimes that's a problem for the instructor who want, who they're trying to figure out like, what program should I invest in so that I can teach? Well, if I invest in a certification where I need to go to a licensed facility to teach it, I've just narrowed my options down to one club in town. But if I invest in a certification that I can teach anywhere in town, anywhere I'd like, that solves a problem for the instructor too. So no licensing fees. Don't want to lift weights in the same order all the time. Overuse injuries, boredom. We solve that problem with warrior strength. Don't want to be confined to high repetition strength training. Maybe you want to like lift heavy and get some strength gains and do some lower reps. You're going for hypertrophy. We solve that problem with warrior strength. So you need to know like what, what, what is your brand offer that people are going to be looking for? Another thing we offer is another solution we have to problems is liability. We provide safe, accredited programs. They're safe. They're for all levels. That's another problem that we solve. Our programs are designed for people that might struggle to get up and down off the floor. We solve the problem in our programming so that our instructors know how to adapt to all levels. We, it's part of our mission and vision. It's part of who we are. So it's reflected in our very programming. It's reflected in our marketing materials. It's part of our essence. We solve that problem for clubs that want more inclusive programming. We solve the problem for a club that's worried, like they've got these instructors, They've got some strength type programs or whatever on their schedule, but the club owner or the group fitness manager, or whatever, they don't really know. Is that person really doing safe stuff? Are they renewing their certification? Were they ever certified? Do they have a primary? It gives a gym peace of mind on the liability front when they know confidently that their instructors are teaching tried, true, tested, safe formatting. We solve that problem. Instructors needing something new, needing to get excited again, needing to feel passionate about teaching again, we solve that problem. Clubs needing something new to freshen up the new year, clubs should be bringing new programming in periodically trying new things, you know, giving the, the members the gift of something new to launch, something exciting. We solve that problem. We solve that problem. We're super original. I don't steal moves. <laughs> I make up moves. I make up moves. I might be inspired by a move I see or read about. And then my art, my artsy side like figures out a way to make it original. We have original moves and original sequencing also. It's original, it's different. We solve that problem too. And then another problem we solve is we provide an incredible community. So maybe an instructor 
just wants a place to belong. They just want to feel like they belong to a, to a fitness group. They want to feel like they've got a team rooting for them, supporting them, helping them, getting excited for them. They want a people. We solve that problem too. And it's not just for the instructors. It's for members too. It's for people that fall in love. And it doesn't, this isn't all, this isn't a pitch for Warrior Eve, if it's sounding like one, it's not. This could be true of Zumba or any programming, Pound, uh, that people want to feel like they belong to a community. So we solve that problem. We solve that. So know what, be really clear about what you have to offer. Once I, you know, had the confidence to create my own formatting. I figured out a name. I got the domain. I applied for the trademark. I got my logo. I got real clear on what I wanted my format to look and feel like. I knew my mission vision, basically my brand story. I knew what problems we were solving. At this point, I just started honestly writing my choreography on Google Docs. Pretty simple. This is in its infancy. This is when I started. I just started writing stuff down. And that was nice because later when I put it all on a learning management system, I had stuff I'd already been writing. I organized everything in Google Docs, whether it was the mission and vision and and just class description or whether it was choreography itself. I was just keeping track of everything in Google Docs. So I didn't, I don't even think I had settled in on a platform yet, which I use a learning management system. I use Teachable. There's others out there. There's Kajabi, there's Thinkific, there's a slew of them that you can use. I liked, I like Teachable. I liked that it had some capabilities that I was looking for. Uh, I needed illustrations for my course, so I illustrated them. You can purchase, you know, things like transverse plane images and anatomical locations, and you can you can pay, you know, Shutterstock images or something like that, and get some of those like um, copyrighted. You can pay for the 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 rights to use certain images, or in my case, I just. I just drew my own. Uh, you need you need you need testers. You need smart people that are also good at programming, that also know their stuff, that are that are, are going to test your your content and put eyes on it and get feedback and so that you have a team. So it's not all you and just your mind. Because you know, I, I know I said I was smart and all that stuff. I know I said I was competent. But I need a, I need accountability and I need other eyes, other eyes with different education background and different different areas of expertise. I need a team of people to test my content and to go over it and to say, you know what? I think if we went from this move, you know, mountain climbers, if we took it to the forearms on the next move instead of starting it in plank. I think it would give a little bit more relief to the wrist right there. Just you need other brains on it. You need testers. And then I highly recommend that you get accredited, especially if you maybe don't have a name or a reputation in our industry yet. And to be honest, I felt like this was me. 
I felt like I was just kind of a girl in some of the little videos in the background and every once in a while on the mic. And I, I, I didn't know that I had like street cred in this way. And so I wanted to invest in getting accredited. I also wanted to be able to provide, you know, I'm a big education person. I wanted to be able to provide education credits for instructors. And I, I wanted to be able to say that I have accredited courses by these national governing bodies. And so actually in exploring the how to go about accreditation, I really helped give a lot of shape to my course. So just going to ACE, Afanasm, whatever, CanFit Pro, I also am accredited with Yoga Alliance, in going and seeing what they need helped me give shape. So for example, I remember seeing that ACE needed six learning objectives. I hadn't defined them yet. I didn't know, but I was like, that's brilliant. Six learning objectives. I think I ended up coming up with eight. Like, what are the eight things that I want people to be able to unequivocally be able to check this box at the end of a training day? Yes, I can. Do, yes, I know how to practice movement progression and regressions for foundational poses. Yes, I want them to check that box. So exploring the process of accreditation is going to help you give shape to your course. Now there's different types of certifications. There's online self-studies, there's live in person, and there's even sort of fusion-y, hybrid-y, like part of it's online and part of it is in person. Um, so you can investigate kind of how they all are different. They all are different set of fees. They're all a different set of uh, criteria. For example, in a self-study, you have to have a test at the end, an exam, and they have to pass with flying colors <laughs> and in in a live because you can't see them because they're doing it on their own and in a live training you can so you don't have to have the test at the end for example of live training so just investigate read 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 <clears throat> and then just sort of by way of getting ready to wrap up here be you have to be relentless in your consistency and your determination and your follow through. In fact, I would say this would be a disqualifier. If you're someone that struggles to meet deadlines, you're not super dependable, you don't always follow through on what you say or what you think you're going to do or what you mean to do. If you're someone with like a lot of bark and may maybe not always a bite, if you are someone that maybe if you're honest with yourself, sometimes you overpromise and underdeliver. If any, if any of those things, creating a fitness format and brand is not for you. Because there's a, there's a, there's a community, there's a people depending on you. And your ability to follow through and hit deadlines and deliver content or whatever. That's the other thing is what's your business model? Is it scalable? Is there a membership? Are, do you want to charge a company like a, a facility licensing fees? I did not for reasons I already mentioned earlier. But there's lots of ways you can go with this. And there's, I'm sure, other ways. This is just my experience. This is my four years <laughs> and four brands fairly new on the scene. I guess I'm relatively a new kid on the block, but we're doing it. We're in 13 countries. We're doing it. So this is just my experience, but those, those kind of character things about yourself need to be there. 
you need to have good leadership. You need to be compassionate. <laughs> you need to have patience because you're basically a big administrator. It's, it's, it's a lot of unsexy admin. And speaking of which, I sort of am still like the quarterback of our operations because at this point we're small enough where I can be. So I, I outsource little right now, which is, I think, smart. And I'm grateful that I have the ability to do the different things. So, so if you aren't adept or skilled in some of these areas, then you're going to need to outsource them like marketing, sales and marketing, marketing plans, production plan, website design, tech, like who's your tech support? I do hire a guy. I do have a tech support help uh, for, that I, I outsource certain things I want to have done to our website that are beyond my capabilities. Who's customer service? <laughs> you need a customer service department. So yeah. And that, like I said, you need a scalable model to incentivize you to, to grow and to scale. And then you'll fine tune. M you could ask anyone in my community. I call the people that started with me, I, I empowered them. They were the grassroots instructors. That's what I called them with the little grass seed emoji. I empowered them. I needed them. They are, I, I give them credit for the success of the company because they are the early adopters. They're the ones that fell in love with what I was doing and decided to come on board and do it. You know, before the before it was like the cool, before it was cool. We're we're pretty cool now. Like we're kind of cool. <laughs> we're pretty cool now. So people want to like get on the ship. But like before we were cool. And then before I had like any credibility, there were these grass roots. I call them girls because you know it was mostly it was girls at the time. We have some we've we have some guys that have uh come on board, but um at the time it was like 60 girls that started us, started us, got us off the ground. And I empowered them and they deserved it. They deserve to have been empowered. I wouldn't be where I am, but for them and their support. Like I totally honor them. I gave them the course for free, kind of. There was strings attached. I was like, spell check it, <laughs> make sure, grammar check it. Like this is pre-AI too. And uh, let me know if a button or a link doesn't work. And they did. And so they were part of the process. And I've continued to iterate and improve on each of our formats and probably forever will continue to do that. And as I've we've grown and I've learned more about who we are and what we're doing, and I we 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 improve. And the brands today are not what they were when they started. So get ready for a wild ride and it's like you have a child and that child is starting to grow and walk and run and climb on the monkey bars and and that child has its own personality and pieces of it surprise you and you don't know where they came from and that's kind of like having you know giving birth to programming and it's so rewarding and it's so fulfilling and if you do think that you have this in you you're creative but you're also sciencey. Like you know your science, you know your stuff. 
if you if you've got if you've got programming ideas and you think they would solve problems and be unique not knockoffs but original unique programmings like you're maybe you have a wildly new concept in fact i'm going to interview someone soon i think i'm interviewing her next week she has the coolest concept for an, a new group fitness format i can't wait to interview her for you and uh if you you know if you think you've got all the pieces then i would say just jump what's the worst that can happen you fail what's the worst that can happen you get a no as my mom would say you already have a no <laughs> you you're already you you're already failing at your idea if you don't ever put it out there to see if it might not fail so i believe there's probably people listening to this episode that have what it takes and are interested and i would say go for it go for it all right in closing leading into my confession it's an interesting thing and i guess maybe like a warning i want to give you is that it just it it will surprise you i think who's rooting for you and who's not and you know you might have people in your life that you don't know. Like I, it's touchy for me. It's touchy because, you know, I had a good friend or two that apparently the friendship was conditional on me, me not growing. And that's hard. That's, that's hard to be like, okay, well, I want to grow. I'm so sorry that this will cost our friendship. So that's hard. There, there, there might be people in your life that like you to stay small. That's hard. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't shrink. Don't shrink for anybody. Then there are going to be people in your life, an overwhelming abundance of them that are so supportive that their support will astonish and shock and amaze you and humble you and that has mostly been my experience and it's really interesting you just you'll be surprised at who kind of recedes and who kind of comes forward because it's a gutsy thing to put yourself out there in this way to the world my confession is that, you know, for running a business, I didn't graduate college. If you listen to the episode about my eating disorder, remember I left college because of my eating disorder. And then remember I got, it was crazy. Like I, through that story, remember I got pregnant and I got married and got pregnant. So I never went back and finished my degree at the University of Illinois. And by the way, I was studying art education, not business, not sales and marketing. But look, I've learned everything I need to learn to run a beautiful business and company. Isn't that a funny thing? That's my confession for you today. And hopefully it will help you. Hopefully that will be empowering to you.
that you know you can you can learn a lot online <laughs> you can learn a lot on google all right you guys thank you for listening to the story of how i created a brand and remember, I'm going to have lots of different brands on here sharing what they have to offer and the problems they solve with their unique, amazing programming. And there's room for us all to win. And I can't wait to share all of them with you. Thank you for joining in on the Confessions of a Group X Instructor podcast. If you're interested in becoming a Warrior Instructor, go to warriorinstructors.com. But if you want more and found this episode amazing, please give us a rating. And with a simple click to subscribe, we'll invite you back to our next episode. So remember, be brave, be bold, be blessed. And above all, listen, learn, love.